Welcome to the Advent Sermons and Conversations podcast. This is the sermon half. The sermon was given by Pastor Gary Mills on November 4th, 2018, All Saints Sunday. You can find the readings for this week in the podcast description. St. Matthew writes, Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take and eat. This is my body. And again he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink ye all of it, for this is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you that I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in my Father's kingdom. That last sentence of Jesus from this text in Matthew, when he claims that he will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the day when he drinks it with all of his followers in his Father's kingdom, is the scene pictured by Isaiah in today's first lesson. And it is the same scene that is pictured by John in Revelation as John describes the marriage feast of the Lamb, and that God's dwelling place is now among the people, and that God will always dwell with the people. One of the reasons that we observe the Lord's Supper together week in and week out is the anticipation of this great feast of the future, when a small piece of bread and this meager cup that we now take will be replaced with an abundant feast where Jesus will join us face to face and share of the fruit of the vine again with us. So before we who are baptized, before we share the bread and cup this morning, I'd like us to take a few moments to meditate on three aspects of God's character as they are revealed by Isaiah in this passage and which will be on full display for God's children as we share the feast upon Jesus' return. First, whenever we gather for a meal, you might think of Thanksgiving a few weeks from now, Whenever we gather for a meal, at least in my family, storytelling always takes place, especially if we have not been together for a long time. We recount past events in our lives that draw us together as family and friends. Certainly the Seder, the Passover meal when Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper was such an occasion of storytelling. Even the elements of the meal are symbols of the story of how God delivered his people from bondage in Egypt. Storytelling, remembering, and we do that again this morning. Do this in remembrance of me. We tell the story time and time again. It is never old. It is always repeated and always fresh for those who follow Christ. 
And when the entire remnant gathers together at this great feast of the Lamb that Isaiah describes, we will certainly have some stories to tell about our faith as well and celebrate the great things that God has done for us, the great things that God is doing for us in Jesus Christ. God, our stronghold, our shelter, the shade for God's people. And all of that is completely a result of God's grace and of God's grace alone. In fact, everyone who will be at this great banquet will only be there because of God's grace and not because of something or anything that we have earned or that we have done or can do. It is only by invitation and God's grace that we can come to this great banquet and be thankful for the grace of God in our lives. Second, when God saves and rescues us through His grace, He never leaves us alone, but rather gathers us into community, into the church, the communion for all the saints, and all are invited to the table. Isaiah proclaims that God's grace and God's invitation are for all peoples, all nations, all faces, emphasizing that God's grace is available to all. There are no barriers. There are no walls that will be constructed. There are no troops gathering to keep us out. The color of our skin, the language that we speak, our political leanings, our marital status or immigration status, none of that will matter when God calls us together. And indeed, contrary to the lies and the false teachings of some of the leaders of our time, none of it matters today either. All that matters is our belief in Jesus Christ as the host of this meal, as the one who sacrificed his life so that water might be poured out on our heads so that we die with him, so that we might rise with him. All are welcome to the freedom, the hope, and promise of this meal, this feast that belongs to the citizens of God's kingdom. No red neckties, no red shoes, no red caps can keep us out, for God invites all to this feast. And those who would seek to be holier than thou, those who would seek to tell another untruth, those who act unlike Christ and dehumanize through their words our brothers and sisters, they must be held to account and perhaps even removed from offices of authority, be they religious or political leaders. Jesus sets the model for us, my dear friends. 
He dined with tax collectors. He dined with outcasts. He dined with those who were considered despicable by the political and religious leaders of his day. And he died on the cross for all people. And that we must never forget. And then Isaiah reminds us that the best is yet to come. When we gather together with other believers at the banquet, God promises to provide a feast that is the very best of everything, the finest wine, the best food, for it is in God's nature to give the very best to God's children. And yet far more valuable and satisfying will be the fact that we are not only at that banquet, but we are in the face and presence of Jesus at the banquet, sharing this great feast with Him. And we will then eternally share joy to its fullest. There will be no more sin, no more death, no more pain, no more tears, no more lies, no more fear, no more inequality, and we will feast before the throne of God with all the saints. And that, I think, would certainly be enough. But there is yet one more gift, according to Isaiah, that God is going to give. Notice in verse 8 that God will take away the reproach of His people. In other words, as followers of Jesus, as Christians, we are saved by grace through our faith in Jesus Christ alone. As followers of Jesus, we have the promise of a glorious future. And the celebration of the Lord's Supper is our proclamation that, as Isaiah says in verse 9, we are waiting for God. It is our testimony that Jesus is alive, that He is present here in this meal, in, with, and under the elements of bread and wine, in the person sitting next to you, in the stranger that walks through our door. Jesus is here, alive among us, inviting us to this foretaste of the feast to come. A feast that reminds us that one day we will gather with all of the saints round the glorious throne of God. And so we are gathered together today as the body of Christ in this place to partake of this life-giving meal. And in doing so, we proclaim with Isaiah, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for Him that He might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for Him. Let us be glad and rejoice in His salvation. Amen.
Thank you for listening. You can find us online at adventnyc.org. Our services are 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. in English and 12.30 p.m. in Spanish at 93rd and Broadway.